Well, I trust that you are enjoying the presence of the Lord right where you are this morning. We're so glad to be together this uh, Sunday morning and to worship the Lord on the Lord's Day. And so we can say truly, as the psalmist said, this is the day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing and we're glad in it. So as the presence of God is there with you and he's here also with us as we're worshiping together, we're going to share a word. And now it's time that we open our hearts and our, our ears to hear what God is saying. I trust that this word will be a blessing to you and your family. And, and I pray that something will be said today to encourage you not only to just uh, hear the word, but also uh, something that you can apply to your life to equip you in the daily uh, areas of your life where God wants to be involved and engaged with you. And so this morning, as we come to worship and as we come to hear God's word, uh, we're going to take, a, take another look in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, we, we've been working in the book of Nehemiah because I believe that it is, it is a very important time and season right now where we understand that God wants to really do something through our lives that he can build on. He, he's a builder, that he said he's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, and we always be, need to be mindful, no matter what season it is, that God is calling us to be builders of his kingdom. And so as we're focused on Nehemiah, we're going to, to learn some things about what happens when we're building, what happens when we go through struggles and difficulties and trials and situations come up. But yet in it all, that God is able to bring about victory in our lives and victory through every circumstance that we're in. So I want to call your attention to Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. And we're going to look at that passage. It should be up on your screen. Um, we want to encourage you to chat. We're going to share some things today. And so uh, we're going to take a look at this uh, powerful passage of Scripture. So as we look at Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 5 to 9, just want to read this passage to you, and then we're going to go right into prayer. It says, Then the fifth time Simbalad sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter, in which was written, It is reported among the nations... And Gershom says it is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king. And I have appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us meet together. I sent him this reply, nothing like what you're saying is happening. You're just making it up out of your head. And they are all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work. It will not be completed. But Nehemiah says, but I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. Here ends the reading of the scripture. I want to share a word entitled, when rumors go viral when rumors go vile. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to share a word. We pray, God, that as we are in our homes, probably on vacation, I don't know where your people are who are listening today, but God, we know that you have a word for us. We pray, Lord, that you would speak, that you would give us clarity of thought. Thank you, Father, for every hearer, Lord, that's ready to receive something from the word that is going to build them up that's going to encourage them, that's going to equip them, 
And I thank you, Father, for speaking. Thank you for God giving Father a word in season at this right time in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. In this passage, Nehemiah is now being approached for the fifth time. He's, he was approached four times where he was actually going to be called by the enemies. They were inviting him to a meeting, and the intent was to kill them. Um, if you're with us at some point, you can listen to the messages. We have them online. Where we, we talked about how to fight through discouragement, and we, we talked about how to deal with distraction. And, and so because the distractions and the, the actual uh, discouragement didn't work, Satan didn't give up. The enemies didn't give up. They, they were still trying to get Nehemiah and the Jewish people from building that wall. They were almost at the end, almost at the finishing touches. And it seems as though relentlessly the, the enemy is coming at them. And so here's what the enemy tries to do this time. He says, well, since we can't, you know, discourage them, we didn't win that way, we, we couldn't distract them, well, maybe what we'll try to do now is we're going to discredit the leader. So they're coming after Nehemiah now to discredit him. And when it comes to this, this whole ordeal, the, the design is here that we're going to do something and we're going to make sure that they're not going to build a wall, and that is they're going to spread rumors. So when you think about a rumor, what, what, is that, what does that mean? What, what's the definition of rumor? It's uh, insubstantial information that someone is spreading. Um, it's frequently not factual. Um, sometimes you can't, you can't trace who's saying what. It kind of just kind of gets out there. And uh, we, we are, are very uh, aware that rumors can actually hurt people very badly. A rumor could actually cause someone to lose their job. A rumor can cause someone to go into depression. Uh, there, there's a lot of young people today that won't even participate in school because they've been cyberbullied. Someone chatted something. Somebody put something on social media that uh, just kind of got out there and it wasn't true or it was skewed or something that was put out there to discredit them. And now they don't want to associate with anybody. And some of our young people go into a very deep depression and also do harm to themselves because someone has started a rumor. When it comes to this rumor, there was an intention behind it. And I want to talk about the intention of the rumor. Um, the intention of the rumor was that they're saying, look, Nehemiah, because you won't come to us and we invited you four times, uh, we're going to, to, to use this last ditch effort to get you to come, and we're going to use the, what I call intimidation. We're going to intimidate you, and we're going to share some things about you to get you to respond. And so in this fifth time, an unsealed letter was written. And this unsealed letter was written, and they were writing this letter to say that Nehemiah, all he was really about was that he was going to cause a revolt. He was accused of sedition. He was accused of kind of forming an insurrection among the Jewish people. And this open letter was not just going to be something that only one person was going to read. It was going to be something that a lot of people were going to read because it was unsealed. Um, during that time, when letters were, were written, they written especially to kings and people that of high, high authority, they were actually 
rolled and they were actually sealed so that it was kind of, it was confidential. In a confidential letter that, you know, the king would read that, but this wasn't a confidential letter. This was like an open letter by which anybody could read it, including the Jewish people. And the enemies were, were actually accusing him, saying, you know, it, this is all about you revolting against the authority. And we're spreading all of this, this information around. And by the time they read this, they're going to discredit you. It's interesting how rumors can spread and, and how people can look at somebody differently just because something was put out there, something was said about them, or a picture was even posted that really gave you a whole different idea and a whole different look about people that you really didn't even know. It can, it can kind of shape your whole thinking and thought patterns of what you perceive them to be. Uh, when it comes to this, this uh, rumor that's being started, the enemy is about to spread this and he's about to intimidate, he's about to manipulate, he's about to destroy. It's really about a psychological war that he's about to engage in on Nehemiah. And so one could say, you know, Nehemiah, you, you just might as well meet with them because there's a lot to fear. There's a lot to be afraid of. He could actually be killed just over rumor. He could actually be jailed over rumor. He could actually be um, ostracized by the Jewish people who he is actually leading to build this wall where they're not going to trust him anymore because they say, you know, uh, maybe, maybe you're not really for us. Maybe you're really about yourself and you're really are going to put yourself in a position where you're going to cause a revolt and that's not what we really want. And so here it is. The intention of the enemy. He tried to distract them. He tried to discourage them. And now he's trying to discredit them. And you know, there are things that the enemy is trying to do to all of us as believers in Christ when we get involved in doing the work of God to discredit you, to, to come against your character. You can actually be doing something that is very helpful and someone looks at it and starts to spread rumors and starts to talk about, talk about you behind your back and to kind of chat things and put things out there and, and just inadvertently just what we call gossip about you. And so the enemy is really shrewd at trying to tear down. He has a strategy to tear down Nehemiah. Now, this is dangerous because rumors are very dangerous. He could actually be killed because of this rumor that's going around. Because any hint of rebellion, the king could actually go and, and seize him and kill him. Any type of letter that is circulated that he's trying to be king is a threat to the current Persian king that is in that area. And so it's amazing that the enemy, Sambalad, knew exactly how to craft a letter, to craft his, uh, his document so that as the rumor was getting out there, as the letter was being read out there, he says, you know, not only is there a letter out there, but you also have prophets. And the prophets are going to say, hey, he's going to be king. He's got these other voices, these other chatters that are saying, you know, he's going to be king. And that was certainly going to be a threat to the current king. And, you know, when, when, when rumors go viral and people start talking about it, it just gets worse and it gets worse and it gets more dangerous. Um, the Bible warns us as believers about spreading rumors. The Bible warns us that we should not be gossipers 
or slanderers. Let, let me give you, give you some uh, text on this or some scripture that, that can uh, show how God really feels about rumors being spread. Well, the first thing that we understand is that the reason why we don't want to spread rumors is because it injures people and it also it lacks accuracy. So in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 16, Moses writes these words. He says, do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. You know, that was, that's a powerful commandment. And if you read the book of Leviticus, it's really about the book of worship. It's a book of worship. It's a book of how do we approach God. But this passage says, you know, you also have to have an understanding that we're not only worshiping God, but also how we treat our neighbors is also worship too. And when we start going around spreading rumors and slander and speaking evil about others and to our neighbors, we do a discredit to the kingdom. The Lord said, you don't want to do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. Slander endangers your neighbor's life. It could actually cause them to lose their job. It causes them to lose their friends. It can cause them to lose confidence that people have in them because of what you said that cannot be, you know, factual. It may not even be factual. It's something that you heard. I'm sure that you heard, you, you, you heard, heard some games that are played uh, when, you, when kids are young, and I played them when, when we were young. It's kind of called the whisper game. You know the whisper game. The whisper game is that someone starts to talk about maybe a subject or maybe a thing or maybe a person, and you whisper that in someone's ear, and maybe it's a group of 10 people, you're sitting in a circle, and as you're passing it along, you're passing it along, and by the time it gets to the, the last person who was actually told this secret that the first person said, it comes out totally different because someone adds to it or they detract from it. It's, it's, that's, how, that's how rumors, rumors actually work. It can start out one way and totally go a whole different way. And it hurts people. And so in Psalms chapter 15, verses 1 to 3, David says these words. He said, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live in your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks truth from their heart, whose tongue, listen, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts out no slurs on others. The psalmist said, if I'm going to dwell in the holy place of God, if I'm going to dwell in his presence, one thing that is going to keep me out of his presence is if I have a tongue that utters slander. If I do wrong to my neighbor, and if I cast slur upon other people. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but the trustworthy person keeps a secret. The question is, you know, how many people around you do you know that can't keep a secret? Um, it's, it's, it's amazing where... You know, everybody has a friend. My mother would say, just be careful because everybody has a buddy. Everybody has a friend. 
And, and when it starts out conversations and, and we spend a lot of time talking about things and talking about people specifically, and when something comes up that's really juicy, some story that comes up, you say, you know, I'm not supposed to say anything, but you, you, I, I, know, I know you and I, you and I are buddies and we're friends and, and you don't, you, you, I know that you're not going to tell nobody. But my mom used to always tell me, she said, remember, everybody has a buddy. And so you have to understand that gossip betrays confidence. And if you gossip, people are not going to trust you. People are not going to hold in confidence that you are willing to hold something in confidence and in secret, something personal. And so it's important that you know that gossip robs people of that confidence. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip, gossip separates close friends. Do you know that a lot of people have lost good people in their lives because they just could not stop slandering, gossiping, and spreading rumors? There are a lot of people that had great friends and family members there are some people that went to churches. There are some people that went to places where they trusted. But because they had gossip in their midst, it separated them. Proverbs 20, verse 19 says, a gossip betrays this confidence. And now it's, it adds on another point here. It says, so because gossip betrays confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Do you know that there's some people you just you disavoid? If they, if they can't control their, their, their desire to talk about people and talk about things that really they have no business talking about, or they're spreading rumors, the Bible says, avoid them. What do you mean, Bishop? You should avoid people? Yes, there's certain people yet you should absolutely avoid. If anyone is talking too much and they're gossiping, you should avoid them. And so these passages give us an understanding of how the Lord feels about slander and rumors and gossip. And that it can injure and destroy spiritually. It can destroy relationally. It can destroy organizations. And we are called as people of God to recognize the danger of spreading rumors. So as you see here in the passage, you'll find that it, this is a very dangerous thing that the enemy is doing. He's, he's actually trying to destroy and discredit through rumors and slander and gossip. But here's Nehemiah's response. This is good. In, in, in verse 8, in verse 8, he says, I sent them this reply. He says, nothing like what you're saying is happening. You're just making, you're just making up in your head. In verse 9, he says, they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work, and it will not be completed, but I prayed. Now, strengthen my hands. 
So let's share some things about Nehemiah and how he deals with rumors. And, and, and perhaps you can see uh, a correlation that if somebody is talking about you, you put a chat box, maybe they're talking about you. I don't know what they're saying about you. Maybe you have been one who actually is the object of a rumor. I don't know. But Nehemiah does some key things here that can help us understand what to do when a rumor goes viral. Number one. Nehemiah just denied the charge. You know, sometimes you're going to have to speak and say, you know, if it's not true, just say, yeah, it's not true. He, he stood up and said, guess what, folks? Nothing of what you have described is even happening. Nothing. In fact, he puts the blame where it needs to be. He says, it's all made up in your head. He tells him directly. He confronts it directly. He confronts the rumor directly. He says, hey, you know, it, it, this, is, this is not happening. I know that you read it, but what you read is all about what the enemy's trying to do to discredit. It's a lie. It's not true. It's all in your head. He puts the blame where it needs to be. Number two, he puts the blame where it needs to be. The, the, the blame he, he knows where it's coming from. Sometimes you may know where it's coming from, sometimes you don't. But in this case, he knew exactly what's coming. He said, nah, you got to consider the source. Sometimes when you hear people talking and you're, you're, you're hearing gossip and you're hearing all kinds of different stories, you also have to ask yourself the question, who's really talking? Who's really saying this? Who are the people? Especially when they say, you know what, some people say, I would say, well, who's, who's the some people? Because you'll be, you'll be surprised, or maybe you won't be surprised, that they can't even name who the some people say. Who are those people? I don't know. And some of those people don't even know you. Some of those people don't even know the situation. And so he, he put the blame where it needed to be. He says, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. It's all in your head. The third thing, he went to the Lord in prayer for strength. Why did he go to the Lord in prayer for strength? Because when a rumor happens, especially when you are the target of a rumor, you need to go to the Lord for strength. Because everything within you is probably going to be enraged. Everything within you wants to get back in some way. Everything within you probably will just kind of either fall apart, depending on your personality. You might say, oh, my goodness, they're talking about, I, I don't think I'm ever going to do this again. I just want to crawl under a rock. I just want to disappear. What he did, he went to the Lord and he prayed for strength. Perhaps that's you out there. Maybe, maybe there's some things that are said about you. Maybe that rumor or thought or thing that was said about you has really discouraged you to the point where you just don't want to do anything anymore. Or maybe you just are discouraged to the point where you want to quit. And the enemy has done a good job at spreading rumors and spreading slander and gossip to the point where you don't want to you don't even want to just be involved in anymore. A lot of people in church have come, has, has left church because somebody was talking ill will about them that wasn't even true. And they didn't even know you, but yet they were talking about you. And because of that, you, you left. But here's what I want to say to you. Take, take yourself before the Lord 
and pray for strength, pray for encouragement from him. He knows where it came from. He knows why it came. He knows the truth about the matter. And Nehemiah, as he bows in prayer for strength, God begins to encourage him. God begins to strengthen him. How did I know that? Because he went right back to work. And sometimes you just need to just let the rumors fly and just get back to work. You just have to let, let the people know that you are not going to allow the enemy to knock you off <laughs> or out of your area of, by which you are supposed to be working to deter you and to distract you, to play a mental game on you. Sometimes the best thing to do is just, just go back to work. And Nehemiah didn't make the mistake of trying to convince people not to spread rumors. He just denied the reports. He put the blame where it's supposed to be. He went to prayer for strength, and he just got back to work. Anytime people are talking ill will about you, don't stop working on the thing and in the place that God has put you there. Because actually, he called you there. The people who are making all the rumors and the slanders, they didn't call you. They're trying to stop you. But God is the one who put you in that place. He's called you. He chose, he chose you for such a time as this. And so here we are. Nehemiah has to walk through a whole lot of different rumors that are said about him. And even his people were actually probably questioning his character. But here's something that Warren Wisby said that I think is, is very appropriate for us to think about. He said, if, you, if we take care of our character, we can trust God to take care of our reputation. If you, if you deal with your character, if you submit to God and say, God, mold my character, mold my being, I want to be like you. And as you're allowing God to mold you and shape you, and as you're allowing God to speak it into your heart, as you're, as you're keeping away out of those arenas of bitterness and keeping away from those arenas of, of discouragement to the point where you're becoming despondent, even to the voice of God, God is going to take care of your reputation. God is a vindicator. He's a vindicator. And so Warren Wearsby just makes it clear to us that if we, if we take care of our character, character is something that we also have to nurture in God. And if we do that, God's going to take care of our reputation. You know why Jesus faced the same thing? He was actually accused. He was actually slandered. Luke chapter 23, verses 1 to 5, you can read it. When he went before Pilate, Pilate, he, Pilate found nothing wrong with this man. He found nothing that he was guilty of, but yet he was being slandered, being accused, and, and he got so much pressure that he had to send them to, to Herod, and to Herod to do the work, the dirty work. So we need to understand that rumors and slander and gossip comes in many different forms to actually destroy us and to take away our reason for working and to take away our energy 
and take away our strength for the work of God. So here's what I want you to take away. When you hear rumors, what do you do? When you hear a rumor, it may not be about you, but maybe it's somebody else. Because, you know, juicy gossip is just something that our ears get perked up about. How do you handle that? Well, if you're hearing something that would come in the category of a rumor, or maybe you attempted to tell and pass on something to other people, question that you need to ask is, will, will this benefit the person who hears what I'm saying? Is, this, is there any benefit that they're going to get out of it? Is there any positive benefit that they're getting out of it? Well, they're getting some benefit, but is there any positive benefit they're getting out of it? Or even better than that, can they do anything about it? Or is it just going to be another hearsay or just pure pouring some useless hearsay into someone's ears that really doesn't make any difference at all. And so when we talk about rumors, many people, perhaps you're listening to me, and you're hearing this word today, and you are the victim of a rumor. You are, you are actually experiencing what I'm sharing with you right now. Or maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you're just kind of passing it around. It's going viral because we're spreaders. In just the same way that they're telling us that we need to wear a mask, we need to make sure that we have social distancing, we have to make sure that we wash our hands. We'll kind of look at that spiritually even when it comes to rumors. Keep a, keep a spiritual mask on. Don't in even ingest it. Keep your hands clean. Don't do anything to try to work, work something out as it relates to rumors. Don't get your hands involved with it. Socially distance yourself from it. As the proverb says, hey, if you find somebody who is slandering, gossiping, just distance yourself. Get away from them because it's lethal, it's deadly. And so today I wanna to pray that we as believers in Christ learn how to handle rumors biblically, handle rumors in a way that it's not going to impact the lives of people, that it won't destroy our relationships, it won't destroy our organizations, it won't destroy our families. Because David said these words, let the words of my mouth, you can put that in there as well, let the words of my mouth, say this to me, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto the Lord, my God, my strength, and my Redeemer. That all of us, and I do say all of us, need to be aware that we live in a time when rumors are going to spread. In fact, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6, says that we are going to start hearing of wars and rumors of wars. But Jesus says, but see to it that you are not alarmed by them, because the end is not yet. Such things are going to happen. 
but there's still some things that are going to come. So rumors are going to be here, but we don't have to participate in them. We can be people of God who recognizes the lethal damage when rumors go viral. So let's pray. Father, we're thanking you even today, Lord, that God, you have called us to understand and know what it really means to be people of integrity. We pray, Lord, that God would be people of character, that we would not allow rumors, slander, or gossip to spread from us as believers. We pray, Lord, that you would keep a guard over our, our mouths. We ask, Lord, that we would recognize that death and life is in the power of our tongues. And so I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that we submit not only our hearts to you, but we also submit, Father, our tongues to you. That, Lord, that you would help us, you would help us to recognize the lethal damage that rumors and slander and gossip can cause and has caused. We pray, Lord, that you would give us the wisdom to be able to get away from those, Father, who are spreading gossip. Lord, to understand what it means, Lord, to deal with it if we are the subject of gossip. That, God, you're the one that if we live according to your word and if we live with a character and have integrity of character, Father, in integrity of heart, we, we just know, Lord, that you're able, Lord, to defend our reputation. So, Lord, we just praise you and honor you. We bless you. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who are watching, and maybe you're watching for the first time, thank you for viewing and thank you for being here. And I want to pray for you. If, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is a personal thing that we have with God that Jesus Christ came and died. And the reason he died because he loved us, he loved the world. And the world includes you and the world includes me. But he wants us to open our hearts, open our lives to him. And so today I'd like to lead you in prayer. If you say, Lord, I, I, I need you in my life. I need your strength. I need your word. I need uh, uh, your joy. I need life that only really comes from God. You can't get it anywhere else but from God. You can have a good time. You can have possessions. But the joy that we're talking about is a joy that even lasts and helps you to overcome even the most difficult places in life. And that comes from Jesus. And so I'd like to invite you to pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to be viewing this message today. Father, I, I thank you that you love me enough to send Jesus Christ, to send him for the salvation of my sins. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I pray that you'll cleanse me. Pray that you'll forgive me. Help me, Lord, to know you and to love you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today, would you go on to alccambridge.org and you can just email us a message and let us know that you received Christ and we will 
share uh, the next step with you. And so we thank you so much for being a part of this opportunity to share with us in this worship experience. God bless you. There's more to come, so please stay tuned for the announcements in our Kids Corner. God bless you, and have an awesome day.